0: You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to this Monday edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers. As always, I am one of the hosts of the show, Tony East. I cover the Pacers for Forbes and the West Indianapolis Community News and the Fieldhouse and wherever you get your Pacers coverage. Just kidding, really, just the three places. And today is supposed to be a weekly show with me and Adam, but he is on a work trip uh, in the lovely state of Chicago. Speaking of Chicago, we'll talk Bulls later. Um, So we will have our weekly show hopefully coming out tomorrow if uh, I can wiggle him away from his job for a few moments. Uh, So I will today talk about all the greatness for the Pacers that was this past weekend, Uh, getting a win over the Cavs, getting an unmanned win over the Bulls, and a lot of good performances. Uh, and so I'll just open up highlighting a few guys whose play impressed me. But first, Sabonis' injury. Um, so we talked about Tur- Turner and Sumner on Friday. Pretty devastating stuff. Uh, to have Turner out for at least two weeks and Sumner out for three weeks. No problem, right? They, they, they had all their guys, other guys against the Cavs. Uh, Sabonis looked awesome in that game and they won. And then apparently, um, I'm, I'm trying to paraphrase well from what Nate said pregame, but before the Bulls game, uh, Sabonis was out with a calf injury, so he, uh, Nate said he got kicked against the Cavs, and he came in the next day and his leg was really sore and it was swollen and uh, that it hadn't gotten any better by the Bulls game, so he was out. Um, and he's day-to-day, so he could be ready to go for Tuesday's game, tomorrow's game against uh, the Hornets. But... Uh, it, it's really hard to say right now uh, the swelling will have to go down maybe the soreness. He didn't mention that the, uh, that the soreness was getting any better words he just said the swelling um, but that's where he's at right now. I, I didn't know one asked, but I think it would have been a good time to ask you know if this was a playoff scenario would he be playing or not playing because it does it, one of the it seems like one of those things that, that maybe it's just pretty sore. Um, but we'll see uh, He has, he's has two days to get the swelling down um, before they have to, to play again. Uh, But anyway, they won both games. And Sabonis is a guy to highlight first. He was awesome against the Cavs. They really needed uh, good production from that center spot. You know, the Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson guys killed them. The first time these two teams played, they really decided to, to have the guards make a more concerted effort on the glass. You know, Love still had 17, Thompson had 10, but the Pacers still won the rebounding battle and had 57 rebounds. That's a ton because uh, they had their guards crash a lot more. They got 10 from Lamb. They got 8 from Brogdon. But Sabonis himself uh, had 17, and his game was was so good. You know, he was getting whatever he wanted inside. Did not look like uh, a fun night to beat Tristan Thompson. Uh, he was passing well with four assists, and for a, for a second it looked like he was going to have more rebounds than points. He finished with 18, though. He played very well uh, in that game. But also the Turner injury, which uh, moved Sabonis to a more comfortable position, meant that... Uh, the backup center spot was now Goga's, and everybody's excited to watch Goga because he's a blast to watch, and he almost had a double-double. It was his first game in the rotation. He played 24 minutes, uh, 10 points, 9 rebounds, and 4 blocks, and blocking is a thing. Goga blocks are a thing. He had 4 again against the Bulls, and I think um, more needs to be talked about of his interior defense. He's fouling a lot, right? He's He's still in that young guy phase where his defense is flawed. Uh, And he's keeping up with the game, but his rim protection is legit like four blocks per game in the two games He's been a member of the rotation is wild Um, He fit well with Sabonis, you know He stretched the floor a little bit and then against the cat uh, the Bulls. He actually started Because Sabonis was also out and he did well there too Uh, He hit the first shot of the game actually in a nice elbow jumper on a short roll You know he's showing a nice versatile offensive skill set. He's actually you know showing some stuff He looks better than your typical rookie does not necessarily that he's better than Turner uh, or Sabonis, he's pretty far away from that, actually, but you know he's a good backup center, and uh, they need that guy in these games. Um, other than that, though, no one really super popped. Uh, Jeremy Lamb continues to, let me rephrase that, popped compared to normal. Jeremy Lamb continues to be a delight. Uh, he's been uh, a nice offensive scorer, but he uh, struggled against the Bulls a little bit after a nice game against the Cavs, and then I say popped compared to normal because Brogdon is uh, just a, apparently a 20-10 and 10 guy all the time, uh, 25 and eight against the Cavs, 20 and something against the Bulls. I don't even remember. 22 and seven. It's just who he is now. Um, no, no one else popped in that Cavs game for me. TJ Warren was actually pretty bad, but then they play the Bulls right, and they and they had to shake up this rotation with Sabonis out and the backup center. Uh, Nate said is going to be TJ Leaf, and they're going to put Jakar Sampson in the starting lineup. And I do want to talk about Sampson. I really like Jakar Sampson. Isn't that weird? Uh, this guy that was supposed to be the 15th guy in the third power forward. Has suddenly, you know, he's starting in the sixth game. And he's just a high-energy guy who's pretty good at protecting the rim. And he runs the floor well. And his, def- his his overall defense, even outside of the rim, is good. He's not necessarily a good offensive player on anything outside of the dunker spot. But they don't need him to be. They just need him to be an energy defense guy. And that's what he is. And I've just, I, I think he's been the best <laughs> four they've had this year. But then TJ Leaf, who's been not good this year, uh, is playing backup center because Goga is starting. And Leaf ended up playing the most minutes at center. They they had a few Leaf Sampson minutes, and then Goga fouled out, and they, you know they just had they had a few just Sampson at center minutes. It was it was kind of I think it was only like two or three, but um, they they got stuck with all this these injuries with their center rotation. But Leaf did really well against the Bulls. He deserves a lot of credit for finally. Uh, having a, a, a good performance. He had 13 points and 15 rebounds. And you'll look at his 6 for 15 and say, eh. But a lot of his 13 shots were like tip putbacks that are not actually good shots. And they just get registered as one well while he's trying to corral a rebound. Um, his defense is still his defense. But it's better inside when he doesn't have to do those lunging closeout things that he does. And he actually looked okay in this game. They they needed him uh, on the glass. They they you know They did win the rebounding battle, I think, 49 to something like. In the mid forty yeah, 43. So they barely won the rebounding battle, and he had 15. He was a a needed performer on the glass. He had a few nice plays where he, you know, actually drove by an opposing team's big man and scored. Um, so we looked good. They needed Leaf to be good, and, and he was good for once in, in an unmanned or uh, undermanned uh, game because, you know, one for six from Jeremy Lamb in that game. Uh, Samson's not a great offensive player. Goga's just a, a finisher. I mean, he's a rookie. It is what it is, and their bench hasn't been any good. They, A lot of bad shooting performances from their bench again. They really needed him to step up, and he did. And the other guy who stepped up, finally, we saw some of that preseason, TJ Warren. Uh, He looked very good, 26 points uh, in this game. Team high, plus 16. I know I hate single game plus minus. I'm sorry. Um, But he looked good in this game. So uh, a lot of guys basically over the weekend showed signs of what they can do. Brogdon continues to be amazing. He's probably an all-star if he keeps this up. Warren had one good game. Lamb had one good game. You know, those guys um, are capable of having good games any night. Samson was awesome. Goga was good for a rookie. Like, those guys all showed some good stuff. Lee finally had a good game. Like, the the, the rotation is coming uh, a bit together. And McDermott, uh, not shooting super well, but continues to get good minutes. His spacing is uh, is helpful for the team. Um, but, you know, I don't highlight him. He didn't play very well. He went one for eight from deep this weekend. Justin Holiday just... Kind of an inefficient guy who just does some stuff, you know. Aaron finally made some shots, um, but yeah, the bench is just rough. So hopefully those guys can all start to figure it out. But they now, you know, with Sabonis back and the six guys—I mean, Leaf doesn't really count—but with Sabonis back, they really have six guys who are doing good stuff, and that's great, especially when you add in Turner eventually, and 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 Miles and Victor, and you know, they're finally getting some stuff put together. I know the competition hasn't been awesome, but to to get back to three and three uh, after the start that they had. Is really huge. I mean, they they looked horrible after the first three games, and me and Adam did say on the show um, last week it'd be huge if they were three and three at the end of this week. You know, we, we think five hundred without Vic is is what we want from them, and lo and behold, they did it. So uh, good for them. And now that Cleveland game uh, on Friday and the Chicago game, me and Adam both had wins, so um, we were not doing well. We actually both got um, three of the first four games wrong, but now we're also both three and three. Uh, in the in the guessing the the record spread, so let's uh, focus in on some of these games. We'll take a break. We'll talk about this Cavs game from last Friday that was an absolute blast. Uh, so let's do that. So I can't really explain why this Cavs game was a blast because, like, one hundred two ninety five in the modern NBA is just kind of gross, and there they, they, they were fouls a lot, and the stars Kevin Love wasn't doing like so awesome. It was just kind of a yucky basketball game. You know, Jordan Clarkson was doing the Cavs' second-leading scorer, and Jeremy Lamb was the second-leading scorer for the Pacers. Like, for the casual fan, that's not a fun game. But it was actually a, a quite a fun game to watch, especially from the Pacers' side. They played six bench players in this game. They were kind of experimenting with some lineups, and the bench was actually good and <laughs> helping them in this game. You know, they, Justin Holiday made half his shots and looked good on D. McConnell made half his shots and looked good on D. Goga uh, made his debut and looked great in general. And I think that is kind of what tied this bench together, is having Goga out there. Uh, Sampson is my man I had to make that rhyme. It wasn't that good, though. You know, they just got something from everybody on this bench. Uh, and the Cavs bench outside of Jordan Clarkson did, I mean, absolutely nothing in this basketball game. Kevin Porter, 1-for-2. Larry Nance, 3-for-7. Brandon Knight, 0-for-3. Oh I mean, those guys combined right there, that's 4-for-12. Um, They played a bunch of minutes, and then Clarkson, for his trouble, 6 for 12, but his defense is just atrocious. Uh, And the young guards for the Cavs who start, Collins, Sexton and Darius Garland, were combined to 9 for 31. So uh, (laughs) one of them was usually in the game like that, they they just couldn't do better than the Pacers bench. And it was rare to see the bench actually be a reason the Pacers were competing because starters v starters, the Cavs were actually doing pretty well. You know, Kevin Love had a great game, Tristan Thompson was still. Eating on the glass, Chetty Osman was not great, but he was an integral part of them doing well. You know, it, look at this: 37 minutes for Chetty Osman, right? They were the Cavs scored the Pacers by seven in those minutes. So that means in the 11 minutes, Chetty Osman was not in the game. The Pacers outscored them by 14 points. You know that that shows how bad the, the Cavs bench really was in this game, uh, and and a lot of it was just you know the bench. And then from the starters, Brogdon was himself, and that was a big thing as Brogdon played a ton in this game. Uh, 33 minutes. They've kind of figured out that they can play him with the bench alongside McConnell a little bit to shake things up and in the second half they they leaned on that to to keep their foot on the gas and stay ahead. Uh, Aaron Holiday played in the first half and did not play in the second half and I think Brogdon's success both as a a point guard and as an off-ball guy was a big reason why uh, they were able to do that. And then another factor in this game that was weird and a reason the starters weren't so good is TJ Leaf was the starting four. You know this is the first game Turner's out. There was discussion over who should start at the 4 if you listened last Friday. I incorrectly assumed it would be either Justin Holliday or Doug McDermott, thinking Leaf had not done enough to earn this spot. Uh, and in this game, he continued to not do enough uh, to be a starter, which is why he is not anymore. Eight minutes as a starter is kind of hilarious. He had two fouls so fast in this game. So that's kind of unfair. Jakar Sampson played more minutes because Leaf got pulled in about two in the first half. But he just never came back in. They would rather have had Samson at the four. They went small. Um, and then in the second half, same thing. Leaf started the half, played about six minutes, and then got pulled, and that was it. And he did not do much out there. He missed all his shots. He only got three rebounds. He had two fouls, which was more than his blocks and steals combined. He's, you know, his D just wasn't very good. I mean, he was on Kevin Love, but uh, that was just not a good performance from him. And that's a lot of the reason the starters didn't have uh, you know, the night they wanted to have in general, but they found a way, you know, they just they just got enough from everybody, and I think with all the injuries they have, they're going to need that more often, but it, again, like, this is dumb, because it doesn't matter, right, at, at some point, me saying this does not matter, the results are what matters, but every game, to me, just feels like they're playing better than the result says, and I don't know why, maybe I'm just conditioned with like, the Nate McMillan grind it out kind of win, that they're never out of a game, but every game, I'm just in my head thinking they're playing better than this close game or this whatever lead or whatever deficit than, than, they, than they appear to be on the scoreboard. It's so weird. Like, it felt like they played pretty well against this Cavs team. And they had a good second half. They made a lot of opportune shots. That's what makes for, made the game fun and makes a lot of games fun is, like, you know, the Cavs will cut into the run a little bit and you kind of are biting your nails. And then, oh, they hit a big one. You know, if you look at the, uh, the game flow on NBA.com, they do this thing where you can see the, the lead tracker. Uh, and the Pacers, you know, get it up to 7, Cavs would get it to 5, and then 3, and then back to 5, and then 3, and then up to 7 again. You know, the, the Cavs just could not put enough of a sustained run to to get the lead back. And that that, that makes for a fun game. It was close the whole way in the second half, and the Pacers got it done. So, uh, back on track, first home win, that was a big one. Um, but, of course, somewhere along the way, Sabonis gets kicked in the calf, completely missed it, and they have to not play with him against the Bulls. Let's talk about it. Who doesn't love 5 p.m. games? Just kidding. I hate 5 p.m. games. I'd rather it be at night or just early in the day. Please uh, allow me to either enjoy my morning or night. Anyway, I'm just being annoying. Um, the Pacers played the Bulls with no Sabonis, no Turner, no Vic. No problem. They got it done. The Bulls are not a very good basketball team. 108-95, so uh, a little bit better offense from the Pacers in this game. Their defense remained good even without Turner, Sabonis, and Vic. That is very impressive. Although the Bulls do kind of stink, still a lot of credit deserved here. Uh, finally, finally, you know they got the, the the leader offensive performance they've needed from T.J. Warren. You know he's really struggled shooting the ball. I think he's made two threes this whole season. He got one in this game though. Um, Twenty six points on sixteen shots for him. And the sum of this is is you know Otto Porter has I think Otto Porter's injured right Jim Boylan does not want to use him very much and he has not been very good this year. Uh, in the few Bulls games I watched, in fact, he's been pretty bad. Uh, and he could not guard Warren very well. And they have no wings behind him basically. Like their their backup three for a few moments was like fad a little bit and Levine, and it's just their wing rotation is so weird. And and Warren was able to feast on it. He, that's why he had twenty six points, and they needed a. Uh, they needed some offense this game, and they got it from him because Lamb was one for six. You know, he's a guy they, they counted to put the ball in the basket a little more. The Pacers didn't actually shoot super well in this game. I mean, their, their shooting percentage was 47%, but it did not it does not feel like it. Like, a lot of their individual performances were just, you know, okay or pretty good. Uh, and in Lamb's case, it was bad. But he's been good doing a lot of other stuff. He had five assists and six rebounds. He continues to be um, an impressive offseason acquisition. Brogdon again, 22-7. and seven. And... Officially, Malcolm Brogdon did something that that needed to happen. He officially turned the clock from old era to new. Uh, Fourth quarter, he had the ball at the top of the key. Iso matchup with Thaddeus Young himself. And Brogdon just crossed him up, burned him, and got to the rim and scored. And that is the moment that that the era changed from the old era of Pacers to the new era of Pacers. It officially uh, is these guys' turn now. Um, but the front court was the the thing to watch because you know, who knows how long Sabonis is going to be out, and I think some of Leaf and Sampson and Goga are kind of fighting for these minutes uh, around Sabonis anyway. While Turner's out, they started Goga and Sampson, and they that group did pretty well defensively together. Sampson had a few very impressive plays defending the rim, including there was one possession where he went straight vertical and and stopped Zach Levine at the rim. And then the Bulls corralled the ball, and, and it went out of bounds, and they they ran a sideline out of bounds play, and they attacked the again. And then Goga got a block, and it was like, wow, like these two guys of all people are doing a really good job down there. Uh, and it, you know, it makes it, things hard for the Bulls when they can't get to the basket; they're settling for shots they don't like as much. Uh, and then Leaf, of course, being good off the bench was huge. They needed a uh, they need front court contributions when to their two best front court players are missing, and they got it in this game between Goga's four blocks and Sampson's energy and. Um, Leaves rebounding and scoring. to To be fair to him, he had thirteen. Uh, they needed all of it, and they got it. And then just enough from the bench guards. You know, Aaron finally had a good scoring game. Uh, he had half his shots. McConnell, yeah, still, still not my favorite guy to watch. But uh, credit where credit's due. No turnovers when he dribbles as much as he does is nice. Um, and it was just again just enough from their bench to to make their starters' good performances all uh, be enough. And the Bulls just kind of stink. <laughs> uh, like Levine was eight for twenty. It, it, it's pretty easy to shut him down when it's when it's obvious it's going to be him. Wendell Carter was the only one who could do much for this Bulls team. He uh, was nine of ten from the field. A lot of that is uh, being guarded by Leaf and and uh, Sampson and a rookie and Goga. But you know Otto Porter one for ten. Larry Markin three for nine. Like they just couldn't get anything from any of their starters. And then the Thad Young return game was the most Thadious Young game of all time. 12 points on 13 shots, three steals, three rebounds. Is there any more Thad thing than having a Thad style line at Bankers Life Fieldhouse? But it was, uh, you know, this game was less fun than the Cavs game. They were just kind of ahead the whole way. It was like a double digit lead, basically the whole second half. And it was, you know, not not as many timely shots. They were just getting it done, getting to the rim. And I think Nate McMillan said that after the game that, you know, he was happy they they were putting pressure on the rim. That was something they wanted to focus on this game because they don't think the Bulls have. Very good rim protection, so that's how they were able to score so much. They just took it to them and got it done, and uh, now they're 3-3. Three and three. And I know it seems crazy that this team that we all, of, wrongly probably, but still, assumed was sunk. You know, they looked pretty terrible after three games. Um, sunk might be the wrong word there. I'm so, I, I need to rethink that. This team we all thought might not be as good as we thought. After three games has proven maybe they are just, you know, the team we thought. Like an an okay 500, maybe a little worse or better team without Oladipo that is good when they have this all-star back. And uh, now they have possibly two all-stars if Brogdon keeps this up. So two good wins in a row. Hornets-Wizards back-to-back coming up uh, should allow them to possibly continue that. We'll see. Me and Adam will talk uh, Hornets tomorrow, hopefully on this weekly show. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in today. As always, you can follow uh, the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Pacers uh, and me at T East NBA. And we will see you guys tomorrow.